Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Very, very stressful week. I know you can see it. I can barely speak. So I'm here now. Praise God for that. We're in week five of a series about prioritizing. Hey, it's February 2023. You think anybody's still exercising? Eh, Maybe not. Well, if you're wondering what I'm going to say next, use that QR code on the back of your chair. And if you're a visitor or first-time attender, we want to welcome you to come and hang out with us today. I'm missing something. Oh, if you want to know just who I am, my name is Abraham. Hey, but call me Hardy because I don't like Abe when you cut it down short. It's really annoying. What's going on, everybody? I don't know. You're stunned. You're like, I don't know where we're going from there. Well, let me ask you this because we're going to jump right onto this because I'm super excited. Um... Do you all remember that game growing up called uh, Two Truths and a Lie? Remember that one? Yeah. How many people in here were really good at that game? Two Truths and a Lie. Raise your hand. Yeah. Just me on an island all by myself. Wilson all by myself. Well, if you're really good at that game, this message today is going to be really convicting for you. Okay. Um, So you have the right person to present this today. See, the structure of this talk is going to center around helping us see our character as it relates to truth and then the character of God. See, in this series, we've talked about a couple of different things. We talked about where our time is is also where our values are. We also talked about the struggle that we have between pride and humility. Then we talked about prioritizing our expectations. And then, of course, last week we talked about prioritizing our kids. Obviously, God being number one, your spouse, significant other, number two, and then our family, our our kids. So today, we are now in week five of a series called Priorities. Now, for my online campus, that's a real life glitch. That's okay. You guys won't get it, but they're going to think it's hilarious. I want to say to you newbies out there, welcome to Blue Ridge Church. We won't do anything crazy, or will we? For you, our members and regular attenders, welcome. Bienvenidos. Bienvenue. Welcome. What's up? We're here, and we're so excited because one of the things that we want to look at is one of the most important things that help us remain to have balance in our lives. Placing an emphasis on the things that line up with what we value the most. And to get to a place 
where God not only wants us to be, but where God can use us the best. I will use that term as God's will. Now, we may be familiar with the kids' nursery rhyme or saying it talks about sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I think if I'm going to be truthful with you all today, my words sometimes destroy my integrity. My words sometimes destroy my intentions and sometimes even my purpose. I will venture to say that sometimes the words can lead to the very destruction of the relationships that I hold most dear. Have you ever thought, simple question, don't answer it please, don't elbow the person beside you, but simple question. Why is honesty so hard for me, for us? Why do we struggle with the things that are not good for us? Does it work for us? Paul talks about this in Romans chapter 7, verse 15 through 24. He says, hey, the things that I want to do, I kind of find myself not doing. But the things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing over and over and over again. And I'm struggling with this internally. God help me. But I understand that it's not me, but it's the sin that is in me that is leading me to this point. But I'm going to hold true to God so that he can continue to make me better and better. Does it make us feel better when we lie? Honestly, sometimes for a short period of time. Does it build our relationships? Just think of the people that you came today with. Does it build relationships when you're lying or when you're caught in that lie? Does it help people believe us more? Does it decrease the stress in my life of having to carry that around? You see, dishonesty kind of builds. Dishonesty is kind of like a weight. It's like a weight vest. When we put on these lies over and over again, they kind of wear on us. But people can't see it because we're covered right? This fondant. But inside is this weight and it's heavy. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16 through 19 says this. There are six things that the Lord hates. No, seven things that he detests. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, Feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who sows discord in a family. See, in this Bible verse, we see the word hate. Now, growing up for me, we couldn't say anything about hate. Couldn't hate our neighbor, couldn't hate your siblings, and you definitely couldn't hate broccoli. But what we're going to do is focus in on two of these things that the Lord says that he detests. One is being a lying tongue, and then the second one is a false witness that pours out lies. Because, you know, we're so used to lying, and we're not meaning to hurt anyone, but we're so used to lying or telling not the truth, we kind of tone it down and say, you know, it's not that bad of a lie. You know, we think of lies kind of like this guy. Yeah. If you're old like me, it makes sense. Some of you guys are like, who is this dude? You see, it's kind of like Pinocchio, right? It's just a little white lie. 
Well, I'm just saying it so I don't hurt them. Well, you know, uh, it's just kind of half truth. Right? And then we walk around like that. But this is how serious God feels about lies. There's a story in the Bible about um, a man named Ananias and Sapphira. So married couple, and uh, their integrity was challenged. Now, like us, when our integrity is challenged, we always stand to the challenge. Yes? Well, they fell short. They fell short, and God allowed for them to die. That's how serious that God feels about lying. Because it distracts us from what he wants to do in our lives because we put that weight on to cover up where we may be a little in, maybe insignificant in our minds. But God wants to use us. Takes us to learning point number one. Honesty is a daily personal choice. As I was preparing for this message last couple of weeks, and of course this week, I said, I'm going to see how many times I lie during the day. And I was really disappointed. You see, because I wasn't telling full lies, but, you know, they're kind of like half lies, but I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but I was lying. Which pulls me away from the truth, which can ultimately cause people not to believe me. We do it a lot. If you don't think you can do it, hopefully I can find something to help you realize that we do. We all have phones. Most of us have smartphones. We're dumb people, but smartphones, right? We may send a text, hey, babe. Uh, I'm going to be there in 10 minutes. Hashtag lying. I'm going to be there in about 20. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How was dinner tonight? Dinner was awesome. Can't wait for us to hang out again. We should catch up again. Oh, gosh, please don't come back to town. Maybe it's our interactions. Maybe it's on Facebook. Maybe it's on a dating app. Or maybe my favorite is Christmas cards. Everyone standing beside the mantle in their fresh clothes, looking beautiful. We love each other one time, one day, and the whole entire year. Christmas. I remember, uh, not this Christmas, but previous Christmas, my family, we took some Christmas photos. And it had to be about 20 below zero. At least it felt that way. But of course, we're out there taking pictures at the Han Garden at Virginia Tech. We were all dressed up. Everybody's smiling. The pictures came out beautiful. But deep down inside, we weren't smiling at all. We were miserable. We were angry. We didn't talk all the way home. Now it's Blacksburg, so it was like five minutes. But still, it was quiet. So why is it so easy for us to lie? It's promoted in our culture, lying. It helps us get to that next level when we lie. We come to expect dishonesty from people when they're talking. It's kind of like that song, I know you're lying because your lips are moving, right? It's sad though, and that's why God hates it. See, we've grown up to expect falsehoods from everyone in our political system, in our business environments, in advertisement. We even expect it from doctors. Now, no doctors that I know, but I'm just saying theoretically, a doctor may lie from time to time, maybe a contractor. Am I getting the best bid on this? Maybe it's a financial advisor. They're advising me, but I don't know if I really trust this person who's advising me. I'm not quite sure. It's everywhere. You see, because lies help us cover up, and you see in the Bible, a multitude of sins. Lies help us cover up where we are a little 
inadequate. Lies help us cover up where we feel inept. And the sad part is, lies, they don't look good. They don't, but they cover us up. They cover up that weight that we have that's hanging out over our shoulders. Employees are willing to lie so they, can, so they compromise their integrity so we can move up the chain of success at the workplace. We even expect a degree of unfaithfulness from the church or untruthfulness from the church. How does that work? Attendees in the church, you get welcome when you come in the door. Hey, how you doing? Everything's going great. Meanwhile, on the way here, somebody almost died in that car because we were almost late again because of you every single time. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. <laughs> or maybe it's leaders in the church, right? We want to put on a facade that everything is okay, that we're handling our marriage perfect, that I don't struggle with some words that I probably shouldn't be using anymore, that I don't find myself snapping on my kids. Hey, how's everything going? Oh, blessed. Oh, yes. The Lord's just blessing our family. Here's a picture of us on Facebook. We're beautiful. Because we don't want to be ridiculed. We don't want to be vulnerable. We want to have that weight, carry it. No one can see it. We want to cover it up so we look good on the outside. Instead of the church being a place where we can all come and be messed up. And that's why Pastor Scott made Blue Ridge Church. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 2 says this. We justify our actions by appearances. God examines our motives. He's going to examine why we do what we do, more so than what we look like on the outside. And we're going to get to that here in a second. He looks at our heart, the motives of our heart. Now, I already said God hates a character or a person who sows discord amongst the family. Now, I want to take that to the next level. When we talk about a family, I'm not just saying the family that lives in the house with you, lives in your apartment with you, lives in the trailer with you, that lives with a group home, but a family of believers, someone who sows discord amongst the family of believers. God detests that. He can't handle that. Now, this next scripture verse that I'm going to read for you all. Is John chapter 8, verse 42. Now, a little background. So uh, this is right after Jesus. Oh, they tried to trap Jesus. They said, hey, we found this lady in adultery. Um, so let's go ahead and throw this stone at her so we can go ahead and kill her because that's wrong. Isn't that right, Jesus? Jesus gets down in the dirt and he writes his name down. Then he writes some things in the, in the, in the dirt and everyone leaves. Then he says a couple other things, but now he's talking to the Jews and they're saying, hey, well, we are from the line of Abraham, direct lineage of Abraham. Jesus is like, well, you ain't acting like it. He says, because if you were from the line of Abraham, you would know who I am and you would trust me. That's the background of this verse. And now it's going to make a little sense here. It says, for you are the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do evil things that he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Deep stuff. Now, I will say this, that sometimes we give Satan a little too much credit. You see, because sometimes we're so good at what we do, Satan doesn't need us 
to do his work. He's like, hey, well done. You're doing a fantastic job. I'll come back and check on you in a week, right? And it may not be intentional, but we find ourselves in this, and lies fall within that. We bury ourselves. We cover ourselves with this. Dishonesty can take us so far away from God's will that it's hard for us to find our way back. You see, oftentimes, instead of wearing the shoes that we should be wearing, that God has for us, we find ourselves maybe wearing shoes that don't really match, maybe are a little bit too big for us, and quite frankly, don't really look good because they're not ours. But we're determined to put on this image that everything is okay. We have become people sometimes that we are so unsure of anything and everything. And just when you think you found the truth, you find out that it's not true at all. And not only is it trust is broken, but you start to question everything. We question everything. Perfect example, let's look at learning point number two. It says, our fallen and broken world presents lies as normal, but peace And life only comes from the truth. It only comes from the truth. It may cover up for the short term. However, the truth is going to wear its head around. So how can can I battle this dishonesty? How can we begin to live a life of truth each and every day? Proverbs chapter 23, verse 23 says, Get the truth and never sell it. Also, get wisdom and discipline and good judgment. Kind of reminds me of a joke uh, that I remember. So the pastor uh, was in church, and this guy comes in, and he's a, he's a transient man right at the point in time because he doesn't have a place to live. He's homeless. He's dirty. He's stinky. He comes in, sits right in the middle of the church. One of the leaders comes up to the man and says, oh, my goodness, sir. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, how you doing? Why don't you come back here with us? We have a great seat for you here in the back room, and it'll be great. So he took the man back there, and he says, "Uh, so let me ask you, uh, what brought you here? He said, well, I was praying, and God said, why don't I just come on to church, and this is the church that I came to. And the man said, well, I want to encourage you this. You pray to God and ask him where he wants you to go next week. How about that? And he said, okay, well, I guess I'll do it. Next Sunday comes around, same guy. Here he comes. In his glory, sits down, and here comes the guest. I can't believe he's back again. We are a dignified church. So he asked the man to come to the back, and he says, Now, I thought I told you to pray to God and ask where you should go next week. Not here, right? And the man said, Well, I did. God said, Hey, don't feel bad. You made more progress than me. I've been trying to get there for the last 30 years. (laughs) Sad and true at the same time. Kind of something that God may say to us. I've been trying to get in to help you all this time. You just have to take this covering off. Allow yourself to be vulnerable so that I can use you. But you got to trust me. We got to be honest. In the very first chapter of the Bible, in Genesis, God asked us to trust him. By saying this one simple phrase. After he created the earth and the animals and and the sunshine and the humans, He says this, he says, and it was good. 
What does that say about truth? It's saying, in our society, we're so unbelieving, we're so skeptical about things, we have to trust God in all things, from his beginning to his end point. Because if we don't trust in one thing of God, we don't trust in God at all. But I know what you're thinking. Well, sometimes I feel like God may be lying to me. You're not going to say it, but I'll say it. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord. Sometimes I feel like God's lying to me. Sometimes I feel like God's not being truthful to me because I'm supposed to be speaking at Blue Ridge Church. My voice, Lord, hook a brother up because I'm struggling. Or I'm supposed to be uh, doing this thing in the community, Lord, but it seems like my car's not working. I'm going to be late for this. I thought you loved me, Lord. Or why did you take my dad away, Lord? Why did you cause my little sister to get sick, Lord? Why did you cause this miscarriage, Lord? Are you lying to me? Because you say you know what's best for me. Right? We may think that God may not be honest to us, especially when we're going through tragedy, when we're going through hard times in our life. Does he have my best interest in mind? See, this is heavy, right? This is heavy for a second. If we truly grasp God's character, then we can trust him wholeheartedly. So we know why we do it. Culture kind of promotes it. We may be weak in an area while we lie. But see, we won't understand lying until we understand lies about God. Lies that have been put upon God because it fits where we are. For example, God is punishing me. I'm going to read this verse for you. It's Hebrews chapter 5, 7 through 10. It's a long one, but it's a good verse here. It says, while he lived on earth, anticipating death, Jesus cried out in pain and he wept in sorrow as he offered up priestly prayers to God. Because he was honored God, God answered him. Though he was God's son, he learned trust and obedience by what he suffered, just as we do. Then having arrived at the full, at the full stature of his maturity and have been announced by God as a high priest in the order of Machizahed, he became the source of the eternal salvation to all who are believing and obeying him. Now, before we get into this verse, you're like, that doesn't say Machizahed. It's Machizadek. Now, Machizadek was this high priest who had a lot of integrity in the Bible. Someone that God looked, had a lot of favor on. But you see, Jesus said, hey, I know I'm your son, but I'm struggling right now. This is a hard burden for me to carry. However, I'm going to offer up prayers to you. How long has it been since we offered those priestly prayers? Those prayers where we keep on praying and we're persistent in that prayer. In the midst of our sorrows, in the midst of our hard times, we're still offering up those prayers. That's what this verse is saying. And to the point where God says, that is my son, that is my daughter, that is my child. In the midst of everything going on, I got a little bit more to refine on them before I allow them to break through with this. To the point where I put you in that priestly order with Matizadek. So could you imagine if your name was Matizadek, though? Just, just think about it for a second. Your, main, your, your name may be Bob, Brian. You know, something sophisticated like my name, like Billy. You know, it travels. Maybe it's short. Maybe it's a four-letter word, like a Jill. Easy. But instead, it's a cheese a deck. You got to type that every time you send a message. Second lie that we think about God. So he's punishing me. But the second lie is God can never use me again. I have been disqualified. I'm not good enough. 
I've been ran all over. There's no need. God can't use me anymore. I love this verse here in Lamentations. It says, I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one thing I remember and remembering. I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His, mercy, his merciful love couldn't have dried up. They created new every morning. How great is your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. He's all I've got left. See, that's when God can use us. When we've tried everything else. We've tried the substances that didn't relieve this burning that's going on in our heart. We've tried our retail therapy, but it's still there's a void that's there. It says, God's all I got left. And maybe I got to allow myself to be a little bit more vulnerable with him. Satan loves to lie. To say, you know, good. God can't use you. This is your third marriage. Garbage. You know, no, 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 no. You, you don't know how to raise your kids, right? That's why they took them away, right? You don't deserve this job. Come on, you, you, you got released from the last job. You're not good enough. Third lie that we hear. God is fed up with me. God may be fed up with some of the things we do, but God loves us. He says this in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. For I am confident in this one thing, that he who has begun a good work among you will complete it by the day of Christ Jesus. God's not like us. He doesn't like the G word, grudges. He doesn't hold grudges against us for our shortcomings. We do a really good job of doing it to ourselves and to others. We hold this grudge and keep it over their head, right? Because they lied to us. Maybe we lied to them and they find out, but we're mad at them because they found out about the lie that we had told them in the first place. Fourth lie that we, that we may hear, I'll never be happy again. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Tragedy usually brings this verse out quite a bit. I'm never going to be happy again. God, how could you have done this to me? I like this one. Coming straight from Jesus. My God, my God, have you forsaken me? However, I'm willing to do what you call me to do. I'm willing to do what you call me to do. And it hurts. They don't see it, but I love them. Is what Jesus says on the cross as he's dying. Learning point number three. Lies separate our minds, our body, and spirit from a fruitful relationship with God. Now, I like this term. It says fruitful relationship. It doesn't say relationship. You see, because God's already there. He's there waiting for us. But a fruitful relationship, something that can cause you to grow in your faith, something that can cause you to be able to minister to others, right? That fruitful relationship. That's what lies do. They block our relationships. Now, this isn't easy. This is actually really difficult because 
doesn't mean that we need to condemn those that we see that are lying, but it's coming to them in love and letting them know you don't have to do this anymore. You don't have to walk in somebody else's shoes anymore. God says, that's not what I have for you. But instead of giving me a new set, I got to walk barefoot for a little bit. It's a little bit uncomfortable. It's a little bit vulnerable because I need a pedicure. I've had some surgeries on my feet, Lord. I don't want you to see that, but I need you to go without for a second and walk barefoot so you can feel what I'm trying to do in your life. In Ephesians chapter four, verse 15, God wants us to grow up to know the whole truth and tell it in love, like Christ in everything. See, speaking the truth in love is not blasting someone. It's not telling them that they're not good enough, that God can't use you, but it's saying, you know what? I can see your pain. I can see that you are covering something up. And it, you know what? I want to help you with that. Do you, do you, do you mind if I, I can take that, that covering that you have? Because if you allow yourself to be just a little bit more vulnerable with me, I can maybe help you out. God's saying, if you just take off that lie and just, you can, don't even hang it up. Just throw it over there for a second. Take that covering off. Let me see you in your glory. Hardy, oh, you're so messed up. So beautiful. So beautiful. How do we know this is true? When you look in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. My favorite verse. Let me look at the screen. Uh, okay, there, yeah, there it is. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he's going to direct your path. Sounds good. What does that mean? So I got to trust in the Lord. See, I, I don't, I don't want to trust in the weight of the lies that I put around me anymore. I got to trust in God. This is uncomfortable walking on the stage. It's, it, I'm vulnerable, Lord, I'm, but you want me to go in the path that you have for me. I took off the covering. What else do you want? Give me those burdens. Give me that yoke is what the Bible will use. Give me that yoke. He says, listen, God's going to help us. We're not in this fight with honesty alone. He has passion for us to be truthful, and he wants to help us. He wants, us to, wants to guard us. He wants to protect us in the midst of our vulnerable state. He wants us to be honest. He wants to prompt us to our calling, to his will. In Proverbs chapter 12, verses 19, it says, Truthful words stand the test of time. But lies are exposed, are soon exposed. So that weight that you're carrying, that, that's wearing out your back. That weight that you're carrying that's wearing out your shoulders. God wants to help you get rid of that weight. And that's the reason why here at Blue Ridge Church, we have smaller groups. We call them groups. We want to get you plugged in with people that may have gone through the same thing that you have. Not that you can get together and lament about your struggles, but so that you can get to lament about your struggles and be vulnerable and help God take you to where he wants you to go and that next stage in your faith walk. And that's okay. Maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you're like, I'm still trying to figure out this, this Christ thing, this Jesus thing. Awesome. You're at the right place. 
Because we want to present the Bible to you in a way that's going to make you understand that God loves you for you. Without the pedicure, without the covering, without that weight in your vulnerability. Truthful words stand the test of time, but will soon be exposed. God desires for us to have that truth. You know, in that video in the beginning, she's hilarious, by the way. And she's like, Emmanuel, don't do it. But he did, though. The Emmanuel that I'm talking about, he did it, though. You see, the Emmanuel that I'm talking about released me of the things that I struggled with. Help me get to the point where I can stand in front of everyone and talk to you about who God is and what Jesus can do in your life. But you're going to have to take off that weight, that covering, and stop walking in other people's shoes and let God use you so we can change it from Emmanuel, don't do it, to Emmanuel, do it. Emmanuel did it. Jesus Christ did it for all of us. Let us pray. Lord God, I just want to say thank you, Lord, that you allow us a building with four walls that we can come in and talk about you and learn and challenge each other, Lord God. We love you that your son died on the cross for our sins. Now, here's the cool part. It was a gift. And we don't have to come to you with outrageous Christian words. We can just say, Lord, I don't know it all. But what I do know is there's a void in my heart and I want you to fill it. I want to have that passion and love from Jesus Christ in my heart. And I'm accepting him. And I'm just going to continue to walk and learn and hope, that, Lord, that you can take me to a new place in this development of where you have me. Please put me in places that I can impact others. But first, I need to be vulnerable with you. Take off the lies that encompass and surround me each and every day. We just thank you, Lord. We thank you for loving us and always being there for us. We just got to call on your name. All these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before we go, I got a couple announcements. I don't want to forget these announcements here. So, uh, number one, um, our groups. One of these groups, these are small groups that, uh, that we want you all to get involved with here at Blue Ridge Church. They got all kinds of groups that are involved, okay? Uh, so that's there for you. You can go to that church center app and you can see those there. Also, too, uh, we have, what's our other ones here? Oh, yeah, we talked about volunteering. Isn't it awesome that we're going to have three services and now we need more volunteers? I'm so excited that it wasn't this Sunday because I don't think I would have made it, right? But how cool is that, the fact that our church is growing in the midst of everything that's going on, that's fantastic. So we got our three services. So keep that in mind next week when you come in so that way you can be here on time. And now you have choices. And lastly, for you ladies out there, the IF conference is coming back to Blue Ridge Church. Uh, they did it last year. My significant other went to it. Um, and they, they talk about a lot of different things as it relates to women and growth and things of that nature. I will tell you this, men. My wife went to it and uh, she's a much better woman for it. Yep. Amen. I'll be sleeping on the couch tonight when she watches this today, but that's okay. We want to thank you all for coming, spending time out of your Sunday to be with us. God bless you all and enjoy the rest of your wonderful Sunday.